Hello and welcome to Randomly Generated Rabbit Holes, a side series by Anomalous Waves. And today we have our very first guest, my friend, Andrew Jewell. Now, when me and Andrew recorded this originally, uh, I did not really an intro. So here's an intro now. Andrew's a filmmaker, a musician, a former haunted house resident, and creator of the self-published Fordian zine of high strangeness, Strange Days. I can proudly count myself as one of the many weird contributors to Strange Days. You can find all things Strange Days at strangedayszine.com. You can check the show notes for links to it, or wait till the end of the show when Andrew will plug that in everything else Strange Days. Okay, I, I think that's better than what I previously did. So uh, let's just go down the rabbit hole. Hey, John. Hey, Anomalous Waves listeners. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I feel honored to be the first ever guest. The very first guest. Helping me like figure out things. Like, let's clap together so it sinks. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> If you don't know, randomly generated rabbit holes, the kind of idea is that we have 10 spooky topics that are ever-changing. Um, each one has a number attached to it. I roll a 10-sided die, and whatever number pops up is the next rabbit hole we go down. Now, I had a couple in the back burner and uh, listed them off to Andrew, and he jumped on Haunted Bridges right away. So what what draws you to haunted bridges? I just I really really love to to think two parts about this. I really really love like uh, location specific folklore and haunts and paranormal things. Like you know everybody well not everybody but mo a lot of towns like small towns like where I'm from or towns adjacent to where I'm from have this, you know, these paranormal stories, urban legends that like, you know, you're, it's impossible to know how far they go back. And sometimes it's impossible to know what's legitimately based in fact and what's not. But I really, really love that. And I specifically love the ones that are sort of tropey and like, they're the same across the country and across the world, like haunted bridges. The idea that there are these places that are, I mean, bridges are sort of a liminal space for sure, depending on where it is and what the bridge is. And the idea that there are so many of them that are, that get this lore built up around them. And even if it's not always based in fact, I just, I still find it super, super interesting. And it's always a very fun rabbit hole to go down with stuff like this. Absolutely. And especially with this kind of stuff, I tend to like not care as much how much of it is accurate, but like what the the story when there's connections is when I'm interested and also like any sort of impact that ripples out from the story. Totally. Yeah, I feel feel very similar about it. So, yeah, this was I was very excited to uh to brush up on this topic and I actually had to like I found so many stories that I was into. I sort of had to like pick and choose because we would be here for a long time because there are so many haunted bridges out there. I I always do that kind of to Ami and end up like having to cut my stuff like in half, <laughs> even for a regular Anomalous Waves episode. So uh, I feel it very much. But yeah, why don't you start with like one of the rabbit holes that caught your interest? Okay. Yeah. So 
I approached this, uh, I started approaching it one way and then I ended up executing it another way. But my th- initial thought was, so I live in Brooklyn, New York, uh, and I'm from uh, Michigan uh, near the Flint area. So my initial thought was I'm going to pick um, stories that are local to me now or local to where I am from. So the first one that I came across or started re- reading into was the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, I live super co- close from the Brooklyn Bridge. I can see it from my roof. I cross it almost daily. Um, but then I decided that's not going to be one of my bridges that I talked about. But there is there are some interesting stories around the Brooklyn Bridge. So I encourage listeners to go check out the Brooklyn Bridge uh, lore. Um, something like 27 people died during construction. And sadly, it's been a place that was, uh, it, it became a popular place for people to take their own lives. So there's like a lot of, there's allegedly like a lot of activity on the Brooklyn Bridge. But my rabbit hole took another direction. So I found three different bridges called Hell's Gate bridges. Well, I think two of them are called Hell, Hell's Gate and one of them is called Hell's Bridge. And those were the ones that I was like, okay, cool. This Here's like an, a thread connecting like three. So th- that's what I went with. Um, I don't know if we'll have time to get to them all, but they are very interesting. Uh, one of them ha- is like, super wild a uh, lot of detail about the folklore behind it one of them is a bit more vague and one of them is sort of in the middle so i'll start with um i will start with the middle one which is closest to me geographically which is called hell's gate bridge in new york city and hell's gate is a railroad bridge that was uh construction was completed in 1916 and it is a very very large very, very sound, like sturdy bridge. Um, it's over a thousand feet tall. It has these two towers that like loom over everything on either side of it. And the towers actually like don't do anything. They're like just there for aesthetic purposes. They're these, these huge brick towers that have like empty chambers inside. There's never been anything in them. Um, unlike other large, allegedly haunted bridges, no one died during the construction of Hell's Gate Bridge. But there were many deaths in the area before the bridge was ever built. So, mm. um, and one more fact before I go back in time about the bridge is that the bridge is so well built that people like a- engineers um, have estimated that the bridge will, will be standing there for another thousand years. Whereas other bridges in this area, like the Brooklyn Bridge, the Manhattan Bridge, the Williamsburg Bridge, probably won't won't last like 150 250 years but this bridge is like so solid it's like that's it's that solid so um it was when it was built it became a very important part of rail travel in the first half of the 20th century uh it's now owned by amtrak it's still active there are two amtrak tracks on it now and one freight track but long before it was built in uh in the like 1800s it was um a, a ship passage to get in and out of New New York City. And it was a very dangerous passage. It was full of huge, like, glacial rocks and pots, which are just, like, deep holes that the glaciers left, and that, as well as, like, whirlpools. So it was, like, a very treacherous area to pass. And it was originally called, uh, a Dutch word, Helget, which, depending on the translation, either meant bright passage or hellhole, which is... <laughs> Amazing that that word could be interpreted as those two completely opposite things. In the 1850s, on average, 
a thousand ships per year were damaged or sunk by Hellgate. And uh, by, by the way, Hellgate, Hellhole, one out over Bright Passage. That was the name that stuck. So yeah, like a thousand ships a year were being damaged and, and a lot of the time sunk by this treacherous passage with these huge rocks and whirlpools. And uh, one of the most famous stories is in 1879, a British expedition carrying like 200 pounds of gold sunk. And the, the wreckage was recovered, but the gold was never recovered. So there may be some some gold down there, um, mm. and oh, and this this bridge uh, is it, um, is connects like Queens and uh, Randall's Island, New York. Um, after like after the mid eighteen hundreds, the Army Corps of Engineers realized they needed to do something to make it a safer place for ships to pass through. So they eventually blasted away a lot of the large and dangerous rock, so boats could get through quicker. Shortly after that, they built the railroad. Like I said, 1916, construction was completed. And pretty much right out of the gate, people started, like urban legends started building up around the bridge. Um, It's said that there's a ghost train that will, in the middle of the night, stop in the middle of the track, open or in the middle of the bridge, open the doors and let out all the ghosts of all the people who died in the waters below, like all the people who died on the ships and things. Whoa, love that. Super cool. Like literally just a ghost train with one stop. It's like, here you go. Get out. <laughs> get out here. It's the only stop they make. Um, in the 70s, it was rumored that there was a serial killer living in one of the towers because the towers are these huge empty chambers. And teenagers used to say that there was a guy in there who had built like a torture room and he would kidnap and murder children in there. And the legend has it that when the police finally busted him, it was like, you know, they they when they went into the tower, there were like all these terrible photos of the victims. And it was like so awful in there that like the police like vomited off the side of the bridge because it oh was just so bad. But that is mostly rumor. I, I didn't find any anything to uh, to back that story up. The, the the most recent spooky thing that has happened there is in September 2015, a man was found dead on a park bench in Astoria Park below the bridge. And he was like well-dressed in a suit and he had a paper bag over his head, which ties into some of the other legends about that bridge that they, people have said that the mafia used to dump bodies off of that bridge at one time. So I don't know if this was related. Paper bag over the head seems to be some sort of message. But yeah, that's the Hell's Gate Bridge in New York City. So it's like one of those bridges where there's like a lot of lore, a lot of like little bits of lore and and, and urban legend surrounding it. Some of it based in fact, some of it has obviously, you know, people have taken liberties, but nonetheless, an interesting bridge for sure. And it's called Hell's Gate, as are the other bridges that I researched. So there's a theme there. That's amazing, Andrew. And I a lot of the, the things you mentioned, like specifically those details, I had not come across. But like blanket theme of like wild man or killer type, uh, lots of tragedies and lots of deaths during either the construction or like before it was constructed in that place. Right. That's definitely like something time and time again, like feeds that urban legend kind of environment. Which is great. I mean, I think I I I think that I almost love this love 
the versions of these types of stories that are just like lots of little bits of lore as opposed to the ones where you can like fact check every detail because like obviously we are interested in this because it's entertaining and fun it, a lot you know that's a p- big part of it and I want to hear like the fun stories about this I'm well I'm not saying that like all of these sailors uh, meeting their death in these tide pools and whirlpools was fun but to think about them riding a ghost train is pretty fun that visual that I got when you were explaining that was was very fun for me. Yeah. Yes, at least like I, I pictured it in my mind's eye, pretty good. And it was it was fun. At first, I was like looking into Washington bridges, um, and I was gonna look for lore that way. But just in general, going on like Google and typing haunted bridges, I was like, I'm gonna just explore everything, even things that I don't think are super legit. Whatever, I'm just gonna go into it. And one of the first things that pop up uh, was things about Goatman um, uh. on the bridge, right? Um, specifically, the first one in Denton, Texas. And the bridge is known as Old Alton Bridge. Now, there's a very popular BuzzFeed unsolved YouTube video about this where the guy's like, it's my bridge now, Goatman. Children will come and tell tales of me <laughs> when he's trying to like lure him out. Uh, I haven't seen that. I'm going to have to watch it. But there's also a Ghost Adventures, uh, which I, I don't give any uh, sort of like creed to Ghost Adventures. But yeah. um, there is a funny clip of Aaron uh, claiming he gets hit by a black mass and like thrown 20 feet <laughs> away from the bridge that's on YouTube that I'll link. <laughs> Super legit. But Alton Bridge was built in 1884 to connect the towns of Alton and Denton, Texas. Now, Alton originally had a population of like one person when it was established in 1848. And then it started to grow, but people eventually left Alton. And now it's just like a bridge to a spooky forested area. Now, of course, in that spooky forested area, what do you think people say happens around there? Satanic panic type stuff, people in hooded figures, whatever, are performing rituals. Supposedly, according to the BuzzFeed video, they spoke to a local policeman that was not on camera. They just said they spoke to him and that he said pet stores around the area stopped selling cats due to the amount of sacrificed cats they were finding in the woods. Wow. Have no idea if it's accurate. He wasn't on camera, so maybe he's just trying to like add spookiness. But right. Oh, those poor cats. Exactly. I found a couple different versions of, like, the main legend. But the the two, like, variations of the main legend both involve a black goat farmer who was lynched by clansmen or clansmen types in the area. Hmm. So the older tale is from 1860s and supposedly happened where the bridge now stands. So it was before the bridge was built. In this story, the herder's name was Jack Kendall, and when he was lynched, he lost his head during the lynching, and supposedly they watched as his reanimated body got up and ripped the head off of one of his goats and put the goat head on his own. What? Which is like a very gnarly visual also. That's so metal. That was like my first thought, too. It was just like, that is... (laughs) That is not like a terrible story, but also like really good horror visual yeah. right there. Um, the other story 
is that in the 1930s, a man named Oscar Washburn uh, was a successful goat farmer. And he had like a big sign that he put on the bridge that said this way to the goat man because he was really popular for like the quality of his goats. A group of Klansmen saw this and took Oscar and lynched him off the side of the bridge. When they went to go find his body, it was not there. Uh, and the water was undisturbed. It says that they then went in um, to try to lure him to his house, lit his like farm on fire, killing his family. Wow. And this is the vengeful spirit of Oscar that walks the bridge. Oh, wow. Now, it's important to note, like we said with many things, there's no records of either of these individuals existing, but that doesn't mean that there isn't some truth to it, right? The names could be changed. Maybe something happened. But there are also reports of strange lights near the woods, putrid odors, glowing eyes. I mean, those are all things that are in so many cases. Totally. Whether or not the actual legend happened, I don't know if it's as important as the fact that now these other weird things are happening in the area where it's attached to. Now, a lot of these other videos, they focus on the, you know, occultists or Satanists or whatever they call it in the woods, possibly opening a portal or something. Uh, but a lot of times I try not to feed into that satanic panic uh, yeah. jazz unless there's like a, a good reason to. Another goat man type uh, is the Poplick monster. Uh, of course. In uh, Jefferson County in Kentucky. This is at the Poplick train trestle. Um super high off the ground. And the legend is that like half man, half goat lures individuals to the trestle only to be hit, like to cross it, only to be hit by the train. Now, unfortunately, like many people have actually died on this trestle. And a lot of them from looking for the public monster or for daring each other to cross, you know, the trestle or something like that, um, including a paranormal investigator who actually stopped there before going to an event at Waverly Hills. Ah, that's awful. This is a case of urban legend, like, creating deaths. Right, uh, yeah. Rather than, like, a bunch of deaths surrounding it. Yeah. And also, you know, I haven't done much, like, boots-on-the-ground stuff, but I know you have, Andrew. Do you have any, like, investigation safety tips like don't climb up train trestles in the night or... yeah i mean i feel like when i was younger i used i used to probably be uh, more eager to trespass and break and enter but now i feel like i think that that is probably most times unwise especially if it's on a bridge i think that um yeah i think that you know if if the if there is something like the public monster and it wants to be seen or interacted with badly enough, it will do it while you are safely on the ground. I think it's just as likely to happen as if you climb up onto this large bridge where there have already been several tragic accidents. So I think that that's something to keep in mind. That is an excellent, excellent tip. Because you can still see the goat man up on the bridge. Which is probably <laughs> right. better interaction all around, honestly. All around. Um, we had an old tunnel near uh, Ellensburg, Washington. We were talking about like Mel's Holes, like really yeah. close to Ellensburg, Washington. Um, and we had an old like uh, 
car, like highway, whatever tunnel that was totally like blocked off by these big rocks. And we just called it the cave and we would always go up there. There was no, no trespassing signs or anything, but there was a couple of times where we went up there and rocks were thrown and, uh, I'm pretty sure it was probably someone sleeping up there, but uh, yeah, 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 we didn't have any like specific legends uh, surrounding it. But it was a it was a weird place that we always went to, yeah. and it was dangerous. I almost fell off the cliff a couple times myself. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the last thing, like a uh, Goatman of Maryland, that's like attached to uh, Fletcher Town Road, not specifically a bridge. But there was all these articles written by Ivan G. Goldman, uh, December 12th, 1971. And it was printed in papers all over the country, telling of the Goat Man of Maryland. Uh, specifically, it mentor- mentions uh, an encounter that a family had with like their missing dog and finding its head. And then later seeing a strange figure on top of a car that ran into the woods. In the article, it talks about a lot of different like possibilities of where the, the legend comes from and specifically the one family's encounter. But some say Goatman originally was a scientist who experimented on goats at the nearby uh, National Agricultural Research Center. That he ran away, lived in a shack in the forest, grew hair all over his body, and then he would emerge from his shack to spring upon passing cars, beating them with an axe. <laughs> so uh, there's a, it's more of a wild man element. And right. that reminded me of another story I heard called The Bunny Man. Did you ever uh, hear yeah. The Bunny Man? Yeah, The Bunny um, Man is wild. Yeah, Bunny Man Bridge or whatever. And this is in 1970, so a year before. And, you know... Supposedly, there's Bunny Man Bridge and a specter that people see in a bunny suit with an axe. But there was two real accounts in Fairfax County, Virginia. And uh, both happened in October of 1970 when a young couple was like parked across from their uncle's house or his uncle's house um, when they saw something move in the rearview mirror and then their window got smashed out. And a man's just yelling that they're trespassing and they drive off and there's a hatchet like in that was what was thrown in the window in the car. They go to the police and the man says that it was a guy in a white suit with bunny ears. Terrifying. His girlfriend said that it was more like one of those pointed hats that like kind of looks like a clan's hat. Uh. Or also, like, there's a Catholic ceremony oh, sure. uh, hat that is, like, very pointed. But there was another incident, and I'll just read it straight from the paper uh, from 1971. The bunny man first appeared two weeks ago when he smashed the window of a car and told the astonished couple inside that they were trespassing. Now the five foot eight man in rabbit's clothing has struck again. A guard in a housing project under construction told police he came upon a figure in a white bunny suit with floppy ears chopping away with a hatchet at the porch post of an unfinished house. When the guard approached, the bunny man said, you are trespassing. If you come any closer, I'll chop off your head. Whoa. The strange figure, this is what it says to the strange figure, then turned and hippity hopped off into the <laughs> nearby woods. <laughs> I mean, I guess at least there's. Sticking to it, the theme. 
Exactly. So after that, there was like 50 more reports of uh, the wow. Bunny Man. But they all sounded kind of like versions of these two stories. And that happened a year before the Maryland one. So it's kind of like think you think, right. you know, maybe there's some some crossover there. So really yeah, weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, I had I have come across the Bunny Man at some point, but I had not I don't think I'd ever heard those two specific like quote unquote origin stories. That those are really wild. Yeah, because that's just like a wild a young wild man just like Yeah. <laughs> in a bunny suit attacking people yeah, with a that's, hatchet that's that's like truly terrifying very very scary I want to hear more Hellgate Bridges this one is specifically um, in Alabama and it is in a town called uh, Oxford Alabama and it's called Hellgate's Bridge just like the one in New York but this one is different it wasn't a railroad bridge it was um, just like a bridge for automobiles to drive over that spanned a little river. Um, and it was built in the 1930s, and it spans, it's not a river, excuse me, it's a creek. It's called Chocoloco Creek, which sounds like a very fun creek, Chocoloco. Um, <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was built in the, in the 30s, and it seems like... Uh, it got the nickname of being Hellgate's Bridge. I don't know. I couldn't. F I couldn't verify if like that is an official name, like it is in the bridge in New York, or if it's an urban legend name. I'm guessing it's probably the urban legend name. Um, but I, I believe it got lore about it started being built up around the 50s. Uh, it was said that in the 1950s there was a couple, uh, and this is this is you hear this this specific version of haunted bridge stories so often, which is like why I love these stories because there's so much intersection. Uh, but there was a couple that was like speeding speeding down uh, the road, across the bridge, and they went over the guardrail and their car plunged into the icy waters below and neither of them survived. They were teenagers. Um, so that's like the main story that all of the urban legend around this version of the Hell's Gate Bridge was built upon. So legend has it that if you drive your car out into the middle of the bridge at night, late at night, and you stop and turn off all your lights and wait, doesn't say for how long, I would give it, you know, a couple of songs on Spotify probably. And then you turn the lights back off and you drive away. And once you're off of the bridge, if you look into the back seat of your car, you will see a wet spot on the seat where the ghosts of one of those teenagers who died in the river, I guess they're wet from being in the river, have like sat in your car with you while you were sitting there in, in darkness. So I, I love that story. It's a super very simple and concise urban legend. that There are many just like it all over this country and the world. Uh, but I think it's super interesting. I couldn't find any fact that it was rooted in nor could other people who whose articles i read about this bridge but i think it's really cool but that's not how it got the name of hellgate's bridge the way that it got the name of hellgate's bridge is the other tale which is drive out there at night turn off all your lights again and you look in the rear view mirror of your car and you'll see the fiery gates of hell behind you in the car or in the in the mirror that's awesome. <laughs> I wasn't able to corroborate that either, but uh, if should 
should you happen to live be a be an anomalous waves listener and live near Oxford, Alabama, and you've ever experienced this, please let John and Ami know because I would I want them to tell me about it. The problem is now uh, the bridge is closed to traffic. It was like in the '90s. It was deemed like the the integrity was like worrisome, and then like in the early 2000s, the integrity was like dangerous and then in like 2005 they late 2005 early 2006 they finally closed it and for a while you could still walk across it but now i think they put a fence up so if you went out there you would be trespassing and probably putting yourself in a dangerous situation because i think the bridge is in total complete disrepair at this point but it's probably for the best because i don't know if you really if any of us are prepared to enter you know a hellgate i don't think that i would be personally but yeah, I mean, that fence is to keep people from the Hellgate and from the soaking wet ghosts. Yeah, that's, so. that's uh, such a funny, funny one. I, I don't know that I've ever heard like that version of one of these stories. It's like you hear like there will be a phantom hitchhiker, you'd be a lady in yes. white, or you, know, yep. you might hear whatever. But I've never heard of like, yeah, like a sobbing wet ghost getting your car wet. There's a specific like vanishing hitchhiker one that I think – I can't remember. I might have been talking about Vanishing Hitchhikers. It was a long time ago, like one of our early episodes. And there was one where there was like a girl that was wet and then she disappeared and there was still a wet spot or whatever. And I okay. can't remember exactly where it was. But yeah, that was like my first thought is, yeah, that is a little uh, more of like a rarity in the detail because yeah. a lot of times with those Vanishing Hitchhiker stories, there has to be some sort of physical thing to let you know they were actually there. Exactly. Either they they left a jacket in the car or like, you know, a, a like scarf or something that you go and find like hanging on their tombstone or right. whatever. There's always like some sort of thing to be like, see, it was real. Right. Um, so that's like the simplest way, I guess, like a wet spot. Of a person's butt cheeks, you know, in the back of your car <laughs> is like a good way to be like, that really happened. Yeah, a 70-year-old corpse just leaving a leaving a <laughs> puddle of creek water on your back seat of your car. Uh, yeah, so that's it. That's Hell's Gate Bridge in Oxford, Alabama. Very short one, but I just, I don't know. That's like, I love that stuff. Those like the teenage couple like dying in a truck, you know, they're like, deeply in love and they're speeding they were probably coming home from a homecoming dance i bet if you dig hard enough mm -hmm. or something along yep. those lines yep. or like the football game or something and then they <laughs> crash into the river not trying to laugh at the idea of someone uh you know having a terrible accident like that but there are so many stories like that there's another one there's like i think it's called emily's bridge in stowe vermont it's like one of like six different versions of why that bridge is haunted is like the same story the teens crashing into the, the icy river below, which is, I mean, that's just that's a, just a good old-fashioned urban legend that as a teenager will hopefully scare you enough to not go speeding across that bridge, I guess. Right, and like that's, that's another huge part of it, I feel like in general, is, you know, uh, folklore and urban legends of now like is to warn you like don't go do that that dangerous thing because right. this will happen if you do in a soap lake washington i was talking to ami yesterday about haunted bridges and she just brought up um you know there's this 
lake in Washington called Soap Lake, and uh, same thing. Like, but a lady and her kids crashed into the lake somehow, and now you she walks the shores, looking for her baby, um, and weeping. Which brings me to my next rabbit hole, more of a trope rabbit hole: uh, screaming or a crybaby ah, bridges. Love it. Love it, which is just talking about exactly what you're talking about. These certain tropes that live on and are at, like, most spooky bridges, right? And a lot of the ones, a lot of them involve a woman and her kids or, you know, an accident of some kind or sometimes even kind of darker uh, situations. So there's a bridge called Avon Bridge in Indiana. I came across that one as well. That's a really popular one, it seems like. It seems like some towns really lean into the, we have a haunted bridge. Right. And this seems to be one of those situations. But there's several stories of why people hear the moaning or groaning or screaming on that bridge. One is a drunken rail worker slipped during construction, was buried alive in the wet cement, And then there's another story of a young mother who was walking across the tracks to take her sick baby to the doctor. She slipped and fell from the bridge, killing both her and her baby. And at night, you can hear sounds of the mother screaming or her crying infant. And then there's another one of like four workers falling to their death. And it's called White Lick Creek uh, below the bridge. And some people claim to still hear, like, the thuds and splashes in the creek. So a lot of just different possible tragic events of why people experience strange, audible, anomalous activity at these bridges. What I love about that one, about, like, the crying, specifically the crying baby, is that it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a story as old as folklore basically and mm-hmm. and so many people don't probably have that realization that mm-hmm. that's how the fairies used to trap you and before that like it was probably something before that and it, it's just amazing to see a trope like that like continue in modern urban legend just as often as it was back in in like mythology 300 400 years ago Absolutely. Like I was talking to Ami again, you know, about the crybaby bridges and she brought up, you know, the first couple episodes we did, Ami talked about Kushtaka, mm-hmm. um, the otter man from Clinket legend in Alaska, kind of wailing woman or crying baby or mimic like your loved one yeah, to yeah. lure you out into like the water and possibly drown you, which is also like always a thing uh right with uh la i think yorona i'm probably butchering it but the weeping woman right this ranges from mexico to like southwest montana texas but it's usually a tall woman in white like floating near a river weeping and asking for children yeah because she lost her children in in some tragic way and in can't get over it yeah one of the stories near the santa fe river was that a woman she married a a kind of like rich guy and then she had two sons and when she had the sons he was like no longer interested in her he would go do whatever he wanted she really resented him for it 
he showed up on like in a carriage with another woman, talked to the kids but ignored her, and she was done. She threw the kids into the river in a blind rage. The river took them, carried them down, and she realized what she had done, and she couldn't get them. And then supposedly she just walked the waters looking for them every day until she grew so thin that she just died, like, by the river. Mm. And that's, like, one of the darker kind of versions of that specific story. But there's also a bunch of her in black in a black veil. And sometimes I found some vanishing hitchhiker versions. And it was usually, like, when, like, someone was disrespecting their parents, which pulled me back to that that trope of, like, you know, if you do this, this super scary thing's going to happen. Right. But, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Crying bridges, uh, crybaby bridges, uh, screaming bridges. Super fascinating. Just like you said, I'm the crybaby or like crying baby noise thing just trips me out because specifically too, like we're in tune with, I think it's like 1.5 kilohertz or something is where the baby cry is. And that's where like our brains are like, if we hear like tones in that kind of, I could be wrong in the exact frequency range, but. It like makes you alert, like you like immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the best way to call someone's attention from our like evolution, right? And I and it feels like uh, something knows that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should say. Yeah, that's eerie and also fascinating. And uh, yeah, I mean there there's a bunch a bunch of those, but I would I would say that's the most popular bridge tropes that I came across. Yeah, I love it. Uh, all right. Well, I, I have one more from from my Hell's Bridge rabbit hole. This one is darker. I'm gonna warn warn y'all. This one is this one is pretty dark. Um, I'm ready. We'll get into it. This one is from Michigan, which is where I'm from originally. It's called Hell's Bridge. It's in Algoma Township, Michigan, which is in Western Michigan. The closest largest town is called Rockford. It's north of the city of Grand Rapids, which is a, a fairly large city in Western Michigan. And at the moment, Hell's Bridge is a small metal footbridge in the middle of the woods. Um, I guess it's like a hiking trail, uh, but it's not like a park and it's not necessarily like a well-tread area other than people who are going there to explore this. And this seems like of the ones that I um, looked into the most, this probably seems like the safest one to investigate. I've seen pictures of it and it, it really is just like, this footbridge that's not very tall and it crosses a creek. It's not a big river, but it crosses a creek called Cedar Creek. Though the legend that I'm about to get into says it crosses the Rogue River. That is not actually the case, but we'll get to why that's significant later on. So the main story behind Hell's Bridge in Algoma Township, Michigan, is that in the mid-1800s, a number of children in the Algoma Township area went missing. Inexplicably, like... I couldn't find a number, but a number of children went missing enough for people to sort of sound the alarm. And the townsfolk decided to organize a search party to search the nearby forest in the area and not wanting to leave the rest of the children uh, in the town unattended. They were all left in the care of a local man named Elias or Elias Frisk. Mr. Frisk was viewed as a kind older man, trustworthy and capable enough to be left in charge 
of everybody's kids while the parents went to search the woods for the missing kids. Story goes that once the parents were gone, Frisk began to tie the children together, allegedly claiming that he didn't want any of them to wander off. So I guess he tied them in sort of like a train sort of way. But then he began to march them into the woods, like in the opposite direction of where all their parents had just gone to search for the missing children. And once they arrived at Hell's Bridge, which at the time was a stone bridge, and now it's a little metal footbridge, but at the time it was said it was a stone bridge, the story says it crossed Rogue River, which is a big, uh, bigger, uh, stronger river. Uh, as I said, it's now it's a little metal bridge that crosses a creek. So, you know, we're already seeing discrepancies from the urban legend versus what the reality of this bridge. Um, but he marked, marched these kids into the bridge. Once they arrived at Hell's Bridge, the children noticed a wretched smell in the air. And after complaining of the scent to Mr. Frisk, he began to clear away a pile of leaves and brush to sadly reveal the decaying bodies of the other missing children. The children screamed in horror, but unfortunately, the search party that was made up of everyone else in the town was like in the other direction in a deeper, denser part of the forest. So there was no one around to come to their rescue. And it was then that Frisk proceeded to murder the children one by one and dumped their bodies into the Rogue River, which uh, started washing them away. And and when the townspeople returned, Frisk and the children were missing. Uh, The search led them to further down river from where the bridge is where they came upon some of the bodies of the children. So they followed the river up and to the bridge, to Hell's Bridge, and it was there that they found Frisk's tracks and uh, they followed those. They tracked him and found him covered in blood and he was like in a, totally dazed and like mumbling over and over again that the devil had told him to murder all of these children. He kept saying that over and over that there was some demonic source. Uh, uh, Something demonic had possessed him to do this. Uh, The townspeople weren't hearing it. The townsmen grabbed the same rope that he had used to tie the children up to lead them into the forest and they fastened a noose from it and they hung him from the bridge right there. After a few minutes, uh, the rope snapped and his body was dropped into the river. The current took him and they never recovered it. That's the legend. Um, In that is that allegedly took place in like the mid to late 1800s. Uh, it's said that the evil forces that made Elias Frisk commit such an atrocious, atrocious crime still lurk in the forest today. The original stone bridge has been replaced by a metal footbridge. It's said that if you're out there at midnight or around midnight, you can hear phantom footsteps. You can hear children crying and you can even hear demonic laughter. Um, some people have also reported glowing red eyes, which you mentioned from one of yours before. Uh, I was going to say sadly, but perhaps uh, on a better note, the story has actually been totally debunked. This didn't happen, uh, which is good that that all these children were murdered. Um, Basically, there was no one in uh, that area by that name. At the time, people have checked census records. The location of the bridge does not match up with the story. In the story, it crosses a river called the Rogue River, where the bridge actually is. It crosses uh, Cedar Creek, much smaller creek. Um, so thankfully, all these children have were not actually murdered there. But even with full knowledge of this story being like a complete urban legend, 
people, teenagers, paranormal investigators, just people interested in this stuff, still go out and investigate this place and have these experiences, which is, I mean, is a whole another rabbit hole for another day. But you people knowingly go out there, go out there with the knowledge that this story is completely made up, but they still hear children crying, phantom footsteps, demonic laughter. They see red eyes. I mean, the, the I have, so I'll, I'm going to end the story with some reader submissions from a blog called michiganotherside.com. But um, yeah, super interesting that like when you get to that point, and we have been part of other conversations between you and I or with Jim Perry from Euphemed and Night Drift about this stuff of like, you know, manifesting these things out of nothing, like Slender Man, whatever, creepypasta type of stuff. So I'll, I'll wrap this up with with a couple of these stories that I, that I came across. Um, yes. One of them says, uh, oh, so uh, one thing I left out is there is a road nearby, one of the closest roads to where this bridge actually exists. Because the bridge is real, it exists. But one of the closest roads is uh, Frisk Drive, the same last name of the alleged murderer. So that's likely where the mm. name came from. It doesn't seem like they would name a road after him if he did such a horrible thing. Uh, yes. so it's probably the other way around. So this this story says, my two friends and I just got back from Hell's Bridge. We walked about 14 feet down the path when another car pulled up with five or six people in it. It was pretty eerie, so we all decided to go together as a group. The setting was perfect, pulling onto Frisk Drive and watching a fog rise from the damp street. The atmosphere alone was freaking us all out. We trekked further into the woods until we came to the bridge. We got there about five minutes to midnight. As soon as someone said it was midnight, we heard an ominous laugh come from the woods. We all looked at each other, and me, along with four of the other people there, walked onto the bridge. For a while, it looked like someone was walking on the water toward us, and the girls all left after that. Everyone there heard what sounded like children faintly screaming and whimpering. Me and the guy next to me looked down at the water and saw a kid floating there. That's when we got that bleep off that bridge. They actually typed bleep. That's not me, <laughs> which I love. The second party of people left while me and my two friends and my brother stayed back. I got my brother to come back to the middle of the bridge with me to see if we could hear or see anything else before we left. I pointed to the spot where I saw the kid. We both looked out. We saw two kids with rope around them floating in the water. We hauled ass out of those woods. So this is a story that this person submitted. I believe, at least the way this website and this article sets it up, this person submitted this with all of the knowledge that we have. Like they, they know, you know, they also had the knowledge that this was a complete urban legend, but they still went and had this experience. Um, good, I'll read one more here. It says, I just got back from Hell's Bridge with my friend tonight. All was pretty quiet until nightfall. We decided that something on the side of the bridge opposite the big tree was starting to not qu quite feel right after the sun went down. That's where we'd been standing during sunset. We sat down by the big tree and it was dark and let one of our dig digital voice recorders roll. My friend took some digital photos while I filmed with a camcorder. We sat there and talked randomly. Then I asked some questions. My friend got a cold sensation down her back. I started to get chills. I also thought I heard people talking and walking down the path toward us, thinking it was more curious investigators. I waited, but no one came. Eventually, we started to feel so physically weird and like we were being watched that we grabbed our stuff and hauled butt up the trail. It was really muddy, but we were trying to move quickly to get back to the car. We got back to my house and played the recordings she took on her recorder. But when we were experiencing these things, we heard a ton of unexplained noises, including a child crying, a girl singing, and really bizarre growls. So The singing. 
singing. Yeah. Where'd that one come from? I, I don't know. So the uh, the other things all add up, but the singing is the singing. But weird. also the children crying thing. It's like again, that's a, a a trope that goes back centuries and centuries. So it's oh, it makes me wonder of like how do these like are these urban legends like reverse engineered around that specific detail, or how do they all end up with that being a thing? But yeah, super. Super wild. I definitely am going to try and check this. Next time I visit home, I'm going to try and check this little bridge out. Even knowing full well that like the story is completely fabricated and untrue, you got to wonder what these people, like, you know, the mind is maybe a very powerful thing. And, and I want to go see what my mind will do out there in the middle of the woods on Hell's Bridge. Seriously. And it was really interesting in the first story. It was as soon as someone announced that it was midnight. Right. So it's like right? they were like giving themselves permission, right? Yeah. It was like they're just like, oh, it's about to happen. Right. Like what if it wasn't actually midnight and one of their clocks were off and they were just like, it's midnight and then it still happened. Right. I don't know if the if the thing necessarily – like certain times always interest me. There's the three o'clock, whatever yeah. stuff. But there's a lot of midnight things specifically with bridges, like not 3 a.m., but midnight. I saw yeah. midnight over and over again that like that's when you would hear the screams or whatever. So were people experiencing it and then documenting that it's happening at midnight? Right. Or is it part of the tale and then they all like have the intention of like now it's midnight. I'm open to experience yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I've in if they if that person wouldn't have said if no one if everybody went out there without a watch or a phone, what what would have happened? Like if they weren't even considering the time of midnight, what would have happened? I don't know. It's if they really kept saying, "Is it midnight yet?" Like right. would it not happen until right. one of them's like, "It's got to be midnight," right? <laughs> and then it happens. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, oh, those are those so are three three hell's bridges that I was very entertained by reading reading this stuff. Super, I don't know. I just love, I love all the crossover so much. I know I'm repeating myself, but I just think it's so fascinating. And like, it, it just, it feels very much, like those are the type of stories that got me into this phenomenon, like growing up and hearing from older friends, older family members, whatever, hearing this type of stuff is like what really, I think, got my brain interested in this stuff from a very young age, among other things, but. Totally. And like, yeah, the, the crossover stuff is, that's the stuff that really gets me. Like even, yeah, when we we're talking not too long ago about it, like that, yeah, that's the stuff that gets me excited is like, I like the like outline things too. That's why I was like, ooh, why is there a lady singing? Uh, right. You know, that kind of thing. Um, but when you see that, like the putrid odors, the whatever across like all cases, you just have to wonder, like you were saying, like, did people experience these things and then they wrap the tales around the like the the experiences? Right. It, it's just I can never tell which side it's coming from. Is the thing molding itself to adapt to like your perception, or is your perception limited and you're only able to experience, you know, this <laughs> <Right>. thing? <laughs> Yeah, it, get, it gets too weird. That's what makes it so fascinating. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. But it's amazing that so, yeah, just like the endless amount of similarities is, is highly, highly interesting. 
And that's why people like us will just, we know there's probably not really an answer, but we're just going to keep searching. And totally. every time we find another one, oh, see, there's another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One thing I like to do that I, I ended on uh, was I like to go into Passport to Magonia into the back part of it uh, by Jacques Vallée. And I just have a PDF of it and I just search certain words uh, to see what cases will come up. So these are all just, for those that don't know, it's just uh, reports from 1868 to 1968. It's like 100 years worth of uh, uh, witness reports. And I just typed in bridge just to see if some stuff would pop up. Um, I love that so much. That's that's so cool. October 18th, 1954, Royan, France. I super butchered it, uh, the pronunciation guaranteed. Uh, witnesses saw two discs in the sky, one orange and the other red, with a sort of luminous bridge between them. They landed and one dwarf came out of each craft and went into the other without any sign. After this exchange of pilots, both objects flew away with a tremendous flash. So not necessarily a bridge, but a bridge between crafts. And also, why did they switch crafts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it seems just like a show, yeah. you know? Like, hey, check it out. So nothing haunted in that, um, but a different sort of bridge that I thought was interesting. August 21st, 1965. Uh, Barry's Bridge, uh, B-U-R-Y-S. This is in Ireland. Um, a man was repairing the broken chain of his motorbike when an object shaped like a top that was gray and spinning, uh, about 1.8 meters high, same diameter, suddenly appeared 5 meters away and 1.5 meters above the road, and then it just shot off toward the northeast. Now, I just wanted to look up this bridge because I was like, I, I wonder if this bridge is haunted. Like mm -hmm. someone saw a UFO there. Maybe there's also some haunting stuff. So this bridge was built in 1799 and it carries a roadway over an entrance into a canal dock. The, the bridge was erected by the Grand Canal Company and named after the owner of the Charleville Estate. So I said, well, what's the Charleville Estate? Um, and it popped up on this list of, like, most haunted Ireland. So, Charleville Forest Castle was, is very famously, like, featured on, you know, scariest places on Earth, TV, you know, most haunted, like, those kind of shows. But it's an Irish castle that was built in 1798 um, for the first Earl of Charleville, William Barry, and his family. So it talks a little bit about them, but then the new owner uh, named Bridget Vance and workers on the castle say they always hear the sounds of children playing in a room of the castle. They hear whispered voices and they hear a classical music throughout the castle. Ooh. And according to legend, of course, a little girl named Harriet died a tragic death at Charleville while playing in the stairwell in the early 1800s. And then people say that they see the little girl. Um, but also, the castle is said to be built on old, it says, Druid stomping grounds. And the hmm. Vance family reports having seen ghostly hooded figures around the castle grounds. So once again, 
half tragic lore, half some people are doing some rituals out in the woods. Right, right. <laughs> Which is like something that was uh, haunted, a place that's haunted by uh, the White Lady of Kinsale. And uh, this was built in 1670. It's an old military fort, but its name is Charles Fort. Ah. Which just made me go, which made me just go, oh, that's fun. That's great. I love that so much. And then the last, like, uh, little bridge thing that I'll bring up from Passport, uh, November 5th, 1967. This is in Fording Bridge, Great Britain, which is actually a town uh, named Fording Bridge. Carl Farlow told police that as his lights and radio blacked out, although his diesel engine continued to work, he saw an egg-shaped object three meters long, 15 meters away. Moments later, a white jaguar coming in the opposite direction also stopped, the object emitting a green light and showing a whitish dome under its lower surface hovered between the two vehicles for two minutes and then left at high speed. So... Not an actual bridge, right. but a town that's kind of named after a medieval bridge yep. that's there. But it's right next to the River Avon, which brings me back to Avon Bridge in Indiana, which oh, is right. one of the main stories. I wonder if that name of that bridge came from that river. Interesting. In Great Britain. So I just started like finding these weird name things and... That's just as interesting to me for some reason is when it's like pops up like, okay, this UFO case, I'm looking for bridges specifically, bridges in the name. And then it's also by a river that has another haunted bridge. Yeah, I love that. That's, I, you have a very keen eye for picking up on that stuff. And I think it's awesome. I call it like intuition based research. Like if I just like get the urge to like, Go over here. I just don't question it and worry, like, does this connect? I don't really care because it all connects kind of. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the grand it. scheme of things. I love that. Um, so, yeah, that I mean, that was that's it. That's the last thing I found. But, um, yeah, this has been really fun, This Andrew. is so great. Yeah, thank you. I mean, this is... Again, there's no shortage of haunted bridges, and and I will probably I st- I have some tabs still pulled up that I didn't get to that I'll probably continue to to find myself down this rabbit hole for the next several days just because I think it's so rad. That's awesome, and and it'll probably give you a a couple article ideas totally, for, totally. for the next strange days. Yeah, I wrote about in in volume three of of strange days. I wrote about. Um, like the most haunted or one of the most haunted bridges in Gettysburg. I went, I took a trip to Gettysburg and wrote about like three or four specific places, one of them being a bridge, which is cool. Thanks so much, Andrew, for joining us. And um, yeah, give it's it's shameless plug time. Drop, drop all the info on us. Yeah, so you can find uh, Strange Days on the internet at <laughs> strangedayszine.com. Uh, we are on Instagram, we're slightly active on there, Strange Days Zine, and we're even less active on Twitter, Strange Days Zine as well. Uh, email address is strangedayszine at gmail. Volume nine, Volumes one through nine are available now. Volume 10 is about to drop. I'm going to hopefully put some finishing touches on it right now after we wrap up this recording. Um, 
It'll be out soon. It's going to be a great one. They're all great. This one, I got a lot of contributions. I'm very, very stoked about them. Super, super interesting stories. And it, it's an, it's just nice to have different voices in it like yours, John. Your article is great. I can't re- wait for people to read it. So yeah, that's that's my that's my shameless plug. And uh, this has been such a good time. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this and will happily dive down any other randomly generated rabbit holes anytime. I was going to say, uh, by being the first guest, you silently agreed to being a continuous guest, which means like every couple episodes, I'll probably be like, hey, Andrew. <laughs> That's great. I'm, I'm so down for it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Randomly Generated Rabbit Holes. If you like what you heard, consider supporting the show. The best way to do that is by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash anomalouswaves. We've changed it up to a pay-what-you-can type model over there, so anywhere from the lowest tier to the highest tier, you will get the same bonus goods. We wanted to make it possible for anyone that wants to support the show to do so, while also getting access to all the extra stuff. Check the show notes for all other ways to support the show, including merch, donation options, social media links, all that jazz. Uh, But you can follow us at Anomalous Waves across the board. Or if you want to share an experience or, you know, just chat it up with us, send an email to anomalouswaves at gmail.com. Another great way to support the show is to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or I think Spotify has a rating system now. Wherever you're listening to it, if it has one and you like the show, leave a review. It helps. But the simplest, best way to support the show is by telling someone about it. Tell your local ghost train conductor. Okay, I can't really do the back and forth without Amelia, so I'm just going to jump straight to, uh, or, you know, anyone who likes anything weird. All right, thanks so much for listening. Bye.